Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Pure Victory Podcast. Hope you're having a good week and uh, spending time with the Lord. That's the main thing that we want to push you towards is spending time with Jesus, having that relationship with him and uh hey even if you're if, if you've got time right now maybe you can, you can just pause the pause the podcast and spend some time in, in the word and spend some time with prayer and uh and if you're ready to go with this episode we are excited for part two with, with bruce and tony hebel with forgiving forward their ministry is incredible if you haven't listened to part one i encourage you to go back and listen to it and this is just such a central part of of living free and and really becoming like christ jesus is the ultimate forgiver and i always think of that like when there's opportunities to forgive it's an opportunity to become more like jesus and learn more of what he went through and and so bruce and tony do such a good job in going deep in, into what forgiveness can look like and been in ministry a long time 30 years as a pastor now leading this ministry and 43 years married so thanks you guys for coming back for part two and we're excited to dive deep uh, as we did last week Hey, glad to be back. Yes, thanks for having us. Before we start, can you can you let people know just where they can find your resources, your contact, what you offer, uh, personal help or courses and all that? We are you can locate us at forgivingforward.com and on our website we have multiple resources for you there. We've got um what's called the forgiveness guide which I think we'll be talking about in this episode. You can download that for free and there's some videos and we have a course which is basically an eight-week um video study that just was released brand new just just came out and um and then there's um an area where you if you are interested in after this episode and you just feel the nudge to get some personal help we can help you um, by coaching you we do it you know of course in person but also over zoom so you there's a place there where you can 
request that. And we have some other people that we've trained to do this too. So we've got a team that can help. So as we travel, we can't do everything, but we got, we've trained people to do what we do. What we do, we don't want it to be just us. It, it really, what we do, every one of us in Christ need to be trained and equipped to help people forgive. Yeah. So we've traveled all over the world. We've trained people all over Africa, in um, Europe, um, Israel, a lot of work in Israel. Our book is in Hebrew and Arabic and Korean. Spanish. Spanish just came out in Russian. We're heading, we're supposed to head over there in Belarus. January to Belarus. But now the war is going on in that country. Not quite sure that's happening, but we'll see. Well, hey, so, it sounds like people need to forgive over there. Yeah. Perfect place for you guys so. to go. There's a couple of wounds. That's yeah. why we wrote it or had it transcribed in a yeah, yeah. translated exercise. Amazing. Wow. We love the work that you're doing. Such vital, important work. Where we left you off last week, we were getting into the whole aspect of forgiveness being a, a transaction, not a process. And that really piqued my interest because... You know, I've often heard it and, and talked about forgiveness, speaking of forgiveness, that it is a process. So you, you forgive, that's an act of your will, your volition, you choose to do that, but then there's a process involved uh, beyond that. And so we've heard that. And, uh, but I was really curious to hear you talk about this transaction idea regarding forgiveness. So maybe break that down because this has really piqued my interest and I'm sure our listeners as well. Yeah, and I think it is a myth out there that it's a process. And the reason why it doesn't work is that when you think about a process, a process is a gradual movement toward a conclusion, all right? So you're doing these things. But but forgiveness actually is it's transactional. It's a choice. It's a decision. An example I would use would be, is buying a house a process or is it a transaction? Well, there may be a process that leads me up to that decision and whatever, but uh, the purchasing of a house happens when you meet in a closing attorney's office with the owner of the property and you sign some papers and give them some money and they sign papers and they give you a deed. That's when you buy the house. So it, it really is a transaction. The other thing I would say is let's just back up. Remember forgiveness our first aspect of forgiveness is we receive the forgiveness of God. Salvation. Is salvation a process or is it a transaction? Transaction on the cross. It's a transaction. Mm -hmm. We choose to repent of our sin. And in that repentance, we are linked with the forgiveness of God that he's already before the foundation of the world decided that he would send Jesus to pay for. And we're connected with that. And at that point in time, it's a transaction. Now, I've got to learn to live out the reality that as I move forward and learn to, how to reel with my flesh. So there's some of that stuff going on, but it is transactional. So we choose to forgive. Freedom happens. That's why we say a hundred percent of the time when someone chooses to forgive, there is a transformational mm -hmm. work in their heart because the tormentors who are there because we don't forgive, who are there as a discipline, when the discipline accomplishes its goal, the discipline ends and the tormentors by God's decree have to leave. So we've seen people healed of, a, of addiction. One guy was, uh, was addicted to cocaine and I coached him to forgive. He got in, he'd been trying for years to get through with this thing and he was free that day. He had one relapse. And when he called me, I said, you forgot, you forgave those things. He says, you're right. I forgot. And so I, I, I reminded him that we'd already had this transaction. Don't go live in that house. You sold it. Right. And from that time on, he was free. And then we got a call 
a couple of years, 2020, right? Mm-hmm. It's the middle of COVID, right? Uh, he calls me and says, and this was 2000, it was 2009 when yeah. I coached him to forgive. In 2020, 20. he uh, he calls me and says, look, I just graduated with my, with my doctorate in ministry and they'll only let me have Linda and two other people at the graduation, graduation because of COVID and I want you and Tony to come. Wow. And so that is our norm. So when we believe it's a transaction, we believe the blood of Jesus does cover all sins, including the ones that wound me. And we apply that blood to those wounds. There is a breakthrough. You know, when Jesus forgave, it was a transaction with him. He mm-hmm. didn't say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And um, we'll try it again tomorrow. And let's, let's keep, you know, he, it was a point in time. It is finished is what he said. Mm-hmm. So when we are forgiving and when we're coaching people to forgive and when we're teaching them how, we have a moment in time where we say, I declare, this is after they've forgiven. That's when they know there's no more wounds to deal with. I declare this person is no longer in my debt. I transfer that debt to the cross where Jesus paid it all. And bam, done. When you when you forgive with someone listening, there's great power in that. You know, James 5 talks about that, about confess your sins one to another so you'll be healed. It's the same principle here because you're confessing your sin of unforgiveness as you're forgiving. And when we do that and we listen, we, are, we become their witness. It's like we become... Yep, you did it. We are here. We have we're standing by you. This is we've witnessed this. And when they finish, they when we teach them how to deal with the memory later, but it's like it is done. It's like it, I mean, we have a wall in our center. It's called the Freedom Wall. It looks like a piece of the Berlin Wall. It's quite large, very heavy. And people will sign their name on there when they have got received freedom and when they have forgiven and so many want to put the date on there you know i I just want to put the date. it's like a salvation experience for them because this day truly made a difference and it did for us as well there's a day a point in day point in time when it when it does so Hmm. it's a trans it's a transaction i love it not a process one of the things that is so powerful and you guys have have referred to it a couple times um uh, for sure last week is act of blessing the person who you have to forgive and that's not something that that everybody understands maybe or even knows that that's a, a central part of forgiveness. But can you speak to that and the importance of it and how to do that? Yeah. Uh, last time I referred to the guy that I had to forgive him in a lake house or whatever. And, you know, I re- wrote him a letter and I chained him the letter. God dealt with me. And so when I was wrestling with God that day about forgiving, I said, you know, but God, he did this and he said, I think it's okay. And, and at that point I had moved away from when it first happened to God, would you get him, get him, you know, I'm going to give him some food so you can drop fire on him. Just get him. Right. Um, I was praying what they call the impregnatory prayers. God, yeah. would you make my enemies wife, a widow and his children orphans? Right. And I'd moved away from that to God. Don't hurt him, but don't help him. And what God told me in that conversation was, Lack of blessing is a passive form of vengeance Mm -hmm. because it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. While we were still enemies, God blessed us with the greatest blessing of all the death of his son. And God blessed, and his blessing to me is what drew me to him and gave me life. And, And God told me, I love him as much as I love you. So, and he is my child. So why don't you bless him? Because that's my heart toward him and toward you. 
So it really aligns ourselves up with the heart of God in grace and mercy. And uh, I'll give an example. We're kind of out of order. You know, That's quite right. We're good. Yeah, it's good. Um, I, I was, I, we were teaching a seminar and we give them an opportunity at the end of the seminar to, to forgive. And this one lady was forgiving her ex-husband and her and his new wife who he had had an affair with when he divorced her. And now I, we'd already coached her at one point to forgive, but some things, but she was working with some new stuff right now, particularly toward the, the, uh, the new one. And the lady that was hope, helping her called me over and said, uh, we're wrestling with, how do I bless this person? How, how do I bless them? How do I bless them? And I'm praying. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to say? And so <laughs> this is what the Lord told me to say. He said, why don't you bless, ask God to bless them with the kind of marriage he initially wanted you and him to have. Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty heavy. Yeah. And I said, because if you could do that, two things will happen. One, everyone, including you, will know that you have forgiven because if you haven't forgiven, you cannot do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And secondly, I think that's the kind of marriage God will give you and your fiance. And she did and God did on both counts. And mm-hmm. both <laughs> she, she's doing great. So it's the idea of wanting good to someone. Blessing means basically to speak well of, to speak well toward, to desire good for. Mm. And that's how we want God to relate to us when I blow it. And that's how God wants us to relate to the people. And it's truly for their benefit. So sometimes somebody might start blessing by saying, (laughs) you know, God, would you please help my husband to repent of his sin and to know what he's (laughs) done is wrong. And like, whoa, that's not blessing him. That's all self-focused. It's not him focused. And so we, and if, and if she has trouble, I'm just making this up, but if she has trouble, for blessing him, then I will always ask the, or we will ask the question, okay, or say, you know, there's obviously something lacking. You have not forgiven. There's yeah. a what piece, do we miss? what do we miss? There's something that, you know, mm-hmm. I remember meeting with a lady once that was um, struggling with her identity as a woman. We deal with that quite a bit, men and women. And she um, forgave a bunch of stuff and, and particularly with her father. And we came to the place about blessing and she said, I can't do it. I just can't. I said, okay, then there's something we've missed. And we waited and we waited and her identity and those issues hadn't come up yet. And as we were waiting, she just burst into tears and she said, there's more about my dad. I forgive my dad for not treating me like a princess, for treating me like a son, for making me really not caring about who I was, not not caring about my identity, not not knowing me, you know, those sort of things. And when she finished all that, then she was able to bless him Mm. and radically changed. The next time I saw her, she did not look like a male. She looked like a female and was makeup on and just beautiful. And that was, that was the change. And we see that too on a regular basis. Um, So, and, and even in the area of sexual addictions and pornography issues, we dealt with that a lot, hundreds and hundreds of people. And the issue is really, we see it rooted a lot in, in some kind of molestation, most of the time in molestation that's taken place in that person's life mm-hmm. early on, or a father, it's usually a father or a mother who does not really pour into the identity of the child. They don't know them. They're absent. They're, they don't, yeah. they, you know, they're, they don't, value is a big word they don't value who they are as a person we see that a lot and so when we go after those those deep things like that then and they bless Mm -hmm. following that up yeah um, we've we've had people who have 
identified as homosexual, when they forgive, they they're freed from that, mm-hmm. and Incredible. they're they're now seeing themselves as God uh, has designed them to be, and. Uh, so incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciate well, you bringing, awesome. I appreciate you bringing up that those stories about the molestation and all that, because we can forgive a person like you're saying, but it's more forgiving the wound. And so you can forgive a person for one thing, but then maybe there's something else that you need to forgive too. Mm-hmm. And you might think, yeah. well, I already forgave that person. But if you, if there's a different wound and so when yeah. you, when wounds or memories come up as they come up lots for all of us with different hurts, that, that would be, I guess, a signal like, hey, it's time to forgive and time to bless this yeah. person, right? So it's cool that we right. don't we don't need to then fear these memories or these hurts coming up. No, it's more no. just the Lord bringing to light, like, hey, it's time to forgive and moving on hey, in freedom. I, I got that's a, a story, but can I tell this story? That's a great, but let me, okay. one second. That, okay. That's a great point because oftentimes we'll forgive and, and that's all we can handle. That's all the bandwidth we have that day for it. All, all right? the wounds that we couldn't have. God doesn't bring those those memories. And later he'll bring another memory to you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you haven't forgiven the previous wounds. Mm. Those are dealt with. It's new wounds that God wants you, or old wounds we didn't deal with in the past. Or there may be a new wound where, that's like the old wound that we forgive. So that's why it's transactional and it's wounds, not people. Mm. Right. That happened to me in a very, very obvious way. I was invited to speak to a woman's retreat over a couple of days. So um, we, we had already written the book. We'd been on the road for about three years at this point. We had spent a year writing and really delving into even our own hearts. And so I, you know, we think we're, we dealt with everything. So I'm good to go. And so anyhow, I'm speaking on forgiveness, of course. And the worship music part of the worship time is taking place and I'm on the floor looking at the stage and we're worshiping the Lord. And, and then all of a sudden you're up next and I'm up next. Yeah. And all of a sudden this memory comes back of when I was molested, when I was 11, Hmm. I had completely forgotten about it after all we had done and been through that never came in my mind. And it hit me so hard that I'm now on the floor weeping with all the women standing around me, probably wondering what in the world is going on. And this was not my comfort zone, mind you, but I would rather live with no comfort and I have no regrets than have regrets. So I am forgiving before I go up to teach on forgiveness on the floor of this auditorium and I'm weeping and all that. And so I get up on the stage and I look at all the women and I've got mascara running down my face and all those things that women don't want to have happen. And I tell them what happened. I said, you probably wonder what's going on. This is what happened. And how can I come up here and teach on forgiveness when there was a deep wound in my life that I did not have not dealt with prior? Um, Not intentionally. I just didn't remember. Mm -hmm. And so right when I said that, I said I I was 11 when this took place. Somebody on the right side of my my right side in the back lifted her hand and she said, I was 11. Another woman said, I was 11. A few said, I was 10. A few said, I was nine. Those are the three ages, nine, 10, and 11. Almost every single woman, it was like popcorn, just wow. yelled out their age. Had no idea. No wow. one else had no idea. That was not the theme of this retreat, but it became the theme because we then moved into that we use that as the theme of our, of our talk and, and what God, and then that by the end of that retreat, every woman had dealt with this deep wound of being sexually molested when they were a child, mm. but God held it for whatever reason he held it for that moment. 
That's for the, well, I know what reason for those yeah. women. Yeah, so there's sometimes layers. That's why some people can confuse it with a process because there's sometimes layers, right? Sure. And so there's a series of transactions we have to get through. It can sometimes feel like a process, but there are layers. I mean, the guy that I forgave, I went back and and later on, God revealed this deep betrayal wound I had as a, in high school that really was shaping the way I was reacting to other people and actually not inverting myself, but I'm I'm actually asking for and seeing betrayal in places that I'm not there by my actions and by my nonverbal clues and stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, God God will peel the onion to get to the, the specific wounds that you need to get. Right. And one of the things I'm picking up on here and some of the, the what you're sharing, it's on the kind of the, the outskirts, but is there, is um, how our journey and uh, forgiving has a way that God uses not only in our life, but in others. And, Absolutely. and, um, so I wanted to touch on that because I mean, a, a lot of what you were sharing, I was just, we were just talking about it, but, uh, uh, in Romans 12, a lot of what you're sharing about blessing, about, um, all these different things is right out of there. <laughs> and, um, yeah. um, there's a great verse, uh, in Romans 12, just that says, if it's, if it's possible, as far as depends on you live at peace with everyone. And so the reason I'm bringing that up is the reconciliation component of forgiveness. Oh, yeah. When is it appropriate and when isn't? And, and how does that work? Because sometimes there's situations where maybe the person that there was wounding isn't with us anymore. Maybe they passed away. Maybe there's toxicity there still. Maybe we don't have that level of relationship with that person. But speak to that. You know, like, how do we pursue that? And what does it look like in the life of a believer to move towards living at peace with everyone? And when do you forgive the person directly versus just forgiving on your own with Uh, prayer? Good question. Great questions. Quickly, we have to... Forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same thing. Mm -hmm. And reconciliation is not proof of your forgiveness. Right. So you can forgive and not be reconciled because reconciliation is two alienated parties coming into harmony. Mm. All right. So forgiveness and just imagine a a five high top five seat table. It's the father's table. It's a table of reconciliation. You have the father, the son, the spirit already sitting there. Two other seats. One is for the person who's been wounded. Their ticket is forgiveness. The person who's done the wounding, their ticket is repentance. So God calls the person to forgive first. He he always calls us to forgive first because he doesn't want our forgiveness predicated upon the other person's repentance. Mm-hmm. So we come to the table first. But what repentance is, it's not changing your behavior, it's changing your mind. Metanoia means to change your mind. So what I did was wrong. I used to think it was okay. What can I do to make it right? Well, when that when that man comes to the table, or person comes to the table, I'm already sitting there saying thank you very much. But our big brother Jesus has already paid for it. Enjoy the table, right? So I can be, and God calls me here whether they come or not. In fact, we suggest strongly, unless God specifically tells you that, and normally that's only going to happen in close, intimate relationships like a fan, like a marriage. Don't go tell them you've forgiven. It's not between you and them. It's between you and God. And so we come to the table and we're sitting at the table in harmony and reconciled with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, enjoying it. And God himself will send the whole, the Holy Spirit to that person to bring them to repentance. Why don't we go tell them? We don't tell them because, A, if they've not repented, they'll reject your forgiveness and it's another wound you'll have to forgive. And if they haven't forgiven, their ego will get involved and they'll move further away from the table. And further away from you. 
you know, I don't know anybody who knows anybody who knows anybody who knows anybody who came to Jesus without a third party helping them. Hmm. Right. Most of the time. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, we hear stories of maybe in, you know, the jungles of Africa, some epiphany happened, but normally God uses a mediator to bring a person who's a a sinner into connection with a holy God who's totally motivated to bring them into relationship. Well, if the holy, perfect father uses a mediator between him and a person, then why would we think we can make it work when we both have flesh issues? Mm. So let God deal with it. So you come to the table and you, and you're reconciled with God. And if they don't repent, you're not reconciled. That doesn't mean you haven't forgiven. It means you're not reconciled. How can two walk together unless they be in agreement? Amos 3.3. So if they're not coming to the table, you haven't, you you forgive them, but you're not reconciled. But you're free. You're forgiven. But you're free. Your freedom is not based on their uh, repentance. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, the Father, God himself is free and without loss or or rancor in their heart when someone doesn't repent. So we, we have to be yeah, we model after Christ and his yeah. relationship with mm. the Father. And it's crazy how many stories we have, including personal, where this person, I'm a, you're gonna, I'll be the one that needs to repent. You haven't forgiven. I like I mean, it. You forgive I, I kind of like it. That yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> it You've forgiven. All. And so you're sitting at the table and I haven't repented yet. And the Holy Spirit comes to me and convicts me, brings conviction of something I've done to wound him. And then... I come to, into repentance. We've got story after story of people not saying a word and God doing something in the perpetrator's heart to bring them back to, to them. And mm. it's fun to see. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. That's beautiful. That story that you told last time about early in your ministry being betrayed, I've learned that that's, that's something that's so common. Mm-hmm. And, and we've, we've been through it in the last year, my wife and I have a betrayal like we've never experienced before. And we mm-hmm. at the start thought like, this is so unique, but then we realized it's not unique at all. It's actually a process that so many people go through. And so I remember praying one time and I've learned so much about forgiveness through the process, but I was praying about like, what do we do? How do we forgive? And and I saw this picture in my mind's eye of Jesus hanging on the cross and the Holy Spirit was kind of hovering above him. And then when when Jesus said, forgive them, Father, the Holy Spirit went out into the world to bring repentance to the world. And it's directly opposite to what we're taught as kids. Okay, say you're sorry, now say you're forgiven, or say I forgive you. We say sorry before I forgive you. And it's just the opposite with Jesus. We forgive, and then the Holy Spirit goes out to that person. And so I love what you're saying, and it's what the Lord showed me. That's awesome. If I'm waiting for them, I mean, to repent before I forgive, then one— my forgiveness is predicated upon their be their their repentance, not on the cross of Jesus. Yeah. And the second part about that is that if I don't forgive, based upon Matthew 18, I'm in torment because I haven't forgiven. And so I'm in torment because based upon a person who's by definition thinking badly, they're not thinking right. So I'm allowing my torment to be determined by someone who's thinking badly. And there's a theological term for that. It's, it's, you you ready for it? It's a deep, deep theological term. It's stupid. (laughs) It's just dumb. So don't, don't let the the perpetrator control you. You let God's Holy Spirit empower you and you make the decision to forgive so that you're now reconciled with God in harmony and abiding with God and you walk in freedom and they're walking in darkness. And there's much in scripture that's said about the table. 
at the table, there is peace, there's security, there's, he's the one that provides. What does Psalm 23 say? In the presence of my enemies, he prepared a table for me. Mm. There's a place of security and safety at the table. And so it's not based upon the person who did the wounding. Yeah. Based upon the father. Right. That's a great visual. And as you're talking about this, uh, one of the things that I think that's arisen in my mind is, I mean, first we are forgiven and that's why we forgive, you know, that's Mm -hmm. that that component. Have you ever encountered this? Because I know we have, I mean, in anyone in ministry, sometimes we, we rub shoulders with this and sometimes ourselves too, where we have a difficult time coming to terms with that we are forgiven to receive that. Um, yeah. we, we think we have to kind of do some sort of penance, right? Where we got to do enough things to earn that forgiveness. And I don't know why we keep going back there, but often we do. Unbelief. Of, yeah, yeah, right. Unbelief. unbelief. It's just so hard to believe that, right? But how do you coach people through that? And not only that, sometimes there's an aspect to that we can't forgive ourselves. People have a difficult time forgiving themselves for something in their life. So how can they receive that from God? So maybe speak to that a little bit, because those are two yes. areas sometimes. And I think those with. two things are, the same, are, actually. are yeah. two sides of the same thing. Sure. All right. I'm not understanding the total forgiveness, so therefore I'm not forgiving myself. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Forgiving ourselves is just a way to show that you believe that God has forgiven you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really what yeah. you're doing. And actually, actually is the number one person we coach people to forgive. Mm-hmm. Is themselves. Is themselves. Because again, it's it's a weird phenomenon, but I'm off. I can forgive her, but I got to own it. Man, I got to do something. I got to carry you the know, weight. If, here in the south part of the United States, we used to there used to be a thing called shake and bake. It's shake and bake, and I <laughs> yeah. help, right? Yeah. And and here's the thing about that: if you ever know what. It was supposed to be a baked fried chicken. Well, if you've ever had fried chicken and you've had shake and bake, it's not fried chicken. It's not, it doesn't work, right? (laughs) It's not good stuff. We have to realize we don't add anything to the equation, but our, we want to add something, but God says, you can't add anything. And I come against you when you do. And so if you're not forgiving yourself, you're in torment because you haven't forgiven yourself and you're suffering because the way you're treating yourself. And again, that deep theological term we used earlier, that's kind of stupid too. (laughs) Just forgive yourself, accept the fact that there's nothing you can do. There's nothing we can do to merit anything from God, but it's by his grace and through the blood of Jesus, we have been made clean and we stand righteous before him and our behavior, the things we do to commit sin does not identify us. It actually is an aberration. And so we put the blood over that and we restore, we're restored to relationship with God. And that's where our freedom lies. He is enough. And we just, and it's, so it's the same protocols that we teach people through. We have, for my heart, I choose to forgive myself for these things, and God bless me. Yeah, and it, maybe, we haven't even gotten. To the yeah, let me just run those off real quick. The first, we have seven protocols. Two at the end are how to deal with the memories, but the first five are the main forgiveness protocols. And you can get this on our website at forgivingforward.com. It's called the Forgiveness Guide. But the first protocol is to thank God for forgiving you. Get that attitude of gratitude. Spend some time just thanking him for the cross and the sacrifice and the blood he shed. And just get into that headspace of what he did for you personally, not the world, not, you know, mankind, but for you. And then the second one is to repent of your sin of unforgiveness, because unforgiveness is not just a bad idea. It is a sin. And we believe it's the most harshly disciplined sin we can commit. So before you can have the authority to go through and forgive, to go forward, you need to deal with your own sin because there's a block between you and God in that. There's something that isn't right. There's a 
your tight your your pipe is kind of um clogged. clogged up. Yeah. So Lord, will you please I recognize, I, I recognize and I repent of my sin of unforgiveness for devaluing your blood and for thinking that that was not enough for what someone has done against me. Then number three is we ask the Lord, because he's the one that knows what's deep in there. Oh, you know, obviously I didn't know. So God, would you please tell me in my spirit, will you let me know who you want me to forgive today and for what? Because sometimes who we think it is is really not who it is so we give again we give silence after that so we wait you know a few seconds to a minute whatever till the holy spirit brings a face or a name to our mind or our heart and then we go with that one all right Lord, i'll choose to forgive my aunt sue and i will and you'll walk through that so wait for the lord to reveal who he wants you to forgive and then trust him to bring the memories of the wounds to you and then number four is our forgiveness protocol. The number one, we say these words based on scripture from Matthew 18. I choose to forgive from my heart, my aunt Sue for, and list the wounds, the things that the Holy Spirit brings to you that brought you pain and keep going. It could be, and we, we get into the feeling words, like from making me feel like I wasn't valuable, that I wasn't good enough, that no matter how hard I tried, it wasn't what she wanted for not meeting her expectations for whatever it is. And we, we even deal with words for the time she said this to me, you know, we deal with the, the harsh words that we remember that we can't get making me feel. Yeah. So we go through that till there's nothing left coming to us. And then we make that statement. I declare my aunt Sue is no longer in my debt. I transfer all of her debt, all of her sin to the cross where Jesus paid it all. And finally, the fifth one is we, we'd go into the blessing. Lord, would you, when we ask God to do this, God, would you please bless my aunt Sue today? Let her know how valuable she is. Let her know how loved she is. Would you bring this into her life, that into her life, whatever it is she needs, you bless her with. And then when you're done with that, you will be, have been, you have, will have completed forgiving that person. So yeah. those are the first five protocols. Yeah. We always ask, how's your heart? Mm. And we get responses like, my heart is free. My heart is light. I can breathe again. Uh, one lady in South Africa said, I came in, my heart was full of boulders. Now those boulders are cotton candy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, one guy said, I felt like I'm, I'm a backpacker. And at the end of a long backpacking day in the mountains, uh, when you take your backpack off, you got to recounterbalance yourself because of the weight. And I feel like I've just, I just had a backpack taken mm-hmm. off of my back and I've got to get my equilibrium. And there's just crazy yeah, and we, freedom. And, or we hear, you know, I just am so full of joy or I feel so much love or what was there is gone. I feel like an emptiness, a good emptiness. Uh, or, um, or somebody the other day said, I feel like I've got a really full, it's empty, but full. Yeah. So it's like what used to be there is gone, right. but it's now it's filled. So, and then it follows up with, you know, I don't, the depression's gone or I don't have a desire to go to porn right now anymore. I just don't. Because that what you know, our addictions basically are our ways to satiate the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the pain is gone, then we don't need them anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I love it, you guys. This has been so good. I just I feel like I'm I'm considering sharing a story, but I feel like I should share the story. So, um, in my recovery journey, getting free of pornography and learning more of who I am in Christ and getting free in my heart and all this. Um, my teacher, my teacher, my my pastor was teaching on Matthew 18, which you guys keep teaching from. And he was teaching about forgiving and blessing. And so he said, I want you to forgive specific people for specific things and, and then bless them and, and use their names. And so there were all these names of people that whenever I would see them on Facebook or see them in, you know, different or hear their names or whatever, I'd always feel this kind of like icky feeling or like, Ugh, like just I, bad memories about yeah. these people. 
And mm-hmm. it was consistently people shutting down my voice, not seeing value, not wanting to hear anything I had to say. Those were, it was consistent. And so that became an insecurity for me where I would, you know, be in groups of people and I would just feel like, well, nobody cares about what I have to say. Even if it wasn't true, it was an insecurity. I could blame the person, but actually it was a wound from my past, like you guys are saying. And so I prayed for forgiveness for all these people that night and I blessed these people and just prayed that God would do a work in their heart. And the next morning, the reason I'm, I think I'm sharing this is because you've referred to it a few times, Tony, about he, the Lord healing your memories. And I didn't even know that this was a thing that God did. But the next morning I was praying and, and all of a sudden God started bringing to mind all these memories of the wounds that these people had hurt me with. And and I remember one was I was at the top of a stairs uh, a stair set and I was watching two people that I was supposed to be driving with. Um, they were leaving the parking lot. I was seeing the truck leave the parking lot and they had left and not told me. And so I had forgiven them the night before I had blessed them. And then in this memory, I was seeing this, but I saw Jesus then with his arm around me at the top of these stairs. And he was saying to me, don't worry about them. I was your best friend then. I'm your best friend now. I always was with you, even when you didn't know. And the cool thing from that is that all of those people that I blessed and forgave from that day on, I never had any icky feelings. And in fact, whenever I hear their names, I always praise God for what he did in me. And then I can pray for those people. Mm. And so he turns That's it around great. and it's really, really That's cool. Great, and so I love that even the Lord led me in that when I didn't even know, <laughs> but then you can take people even through a more thorough process or a different process, which is really cool. But even if it, if you're out there listening and you've got these feelings towards people or wounds that you can remember, go to Bruce and Tony, go to the, go to forgivingforward.com and, and even just go to the Lord and say, Hey, can you walk me through forgiveness? I need to forgive Absolutely. and I need to bless and I want freedom. So little story there to end, but I really appreciate you guys and all the depth of, of what you guys have shared. It's been so rich. So thanks again. And if you're listening, it's been our pleasure. Been our pleasure. And if anybody out there is listening, I just want to drop this in and you're part of a church or you're a pastor of a church and you're interested in more information about us coming to your church that we do that. So, um, you could just contact us at forgivingforward.com. Yeah. Our passion just to bottom line it is to help people experience the freedom of the gospel through the power of forgiveness. And we can help your church get set free. Mm, powerful. And in these days that we've been in, um, it's very needed. <laughs> so uh, bless you guys and what you're doing. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing everything you have. And everybody listening out there, I trust that this was encouraging to you. And I hope convicting in some ways. Maybe it's time for us to forgive. And so go and do that. If you need help with that, again, reach out. Bruce and Tony, um, you can email us, but uh, go to the Lord. And that's what we encourage you with. And thank you so much for joining us and listening to this. And we'll check in with you guys next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.